What's up, everybody? My name is Adam, and I'm the host of the You Know Adam Same podcast, the show that is dedicated on bringing on passionate people, learning about their stories, and delivering value to entrepreneurs. So if that's what you're interested in, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe. You know what I'm saying? How's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Sitting across the way, I have Mr. Matthew Powell of the Powell Finance Group. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Thank you so much. It, honestly, it, it's truly an honor to be here. It's my first one. So hey. I'm, I'm pumped up. We're man. popping the podcast <laughs> cherry, baby. Let's do it. Popping champagne. Too. Hey, I love it. I love it. Uh, Matthew, so, you know, I, I saw you on Facebook. Uh, that's kind of like my original kind of like interaction. I don't know how we connected, uh, but Facebook's like that these days. Right. Uh, and what stood out to me is what you were talking about, uh, kind of like your experience in entrepreneurship. And because my podcast is really focused on entrepreneurs, I decided to ask, and you actually uh, decided to drive all the way to Statesboro, Georgia That's for right. my podcast, and I'm absolutely honored. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a hop skip away. Uh-huh. Uh, there were some roots I had back in Statesboro. My buddy, uh, my ex-roommate, okay. went to uh, college here. So it's good to be back and seeing some of the old restaurants, some of the new ones too. Lots awesome. of barbecue spots now. Yes, lots of barbecue. We all we, we love barbecue in Statesboro, Georgia. That's one thing we do like. So, uh, Matthew, tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Oh, gosh. So <laughs> it all goes back. I was in high school and uh, uh, Amazon was becoming a thing, right? The marketplace. So... I uh, was just Googling a lot of stuff, how to make money in high school, because, I mean, growing up, we weren't super, like, fruitful in my family. I, you know, just cut some grass and had some money on the weekends, but uh, wanted to be able to do a little bit more with that. So, found this guy that was, was manufacturing these batteries for cameras, did that, took okay. it on a little bit and sold some for him. So, what, that's kind of where... Where is this at? Is This is in Savannah. This is, this is back in Soperton. Soperton, okay. Yeah. An hour right. down the road, it's a speed trap if you're going through there, so be careful. Um, I but, think I've gotten one or two tickets from that area before. But, okay. But, so, that's where I got my start. I got that itch of, oh my gosh, I can really create my own path and create some... some at the time, it was just for extra money, so I can go and, and uh, eat some Mexican food with some friends, right? Love that. And uh, provide some gas money for my buddies. So, that's when I first got my itch, and then I knew from that moment that this is what I, I really ultimately wanted to do. Fast forward, going into high school, I did some things like on eBay and flipped some things. Um, into college, that's where I really, really found uh, the Society of Entrepreneurs at UGA. Okay. A really cool group of uh, just a bunch of startups and a bunch of entrepreneurs that really uh, just built teams, pitched and raised money, and thousands and thousands of dollars wow. in front of investors. And I really wanted to become a part of that culture. I went to school for finance and... Um, you know, growing up, finance had a weird stigma of, you know, just old, gray-haired, white guy. <laughs> CPAs, that, taxes. Yeah, okay. I'm going to file some taxes for you. And, like, I, I just I, I didn't know if that was my end goal to be in finance and work at a bank or work at a CPA firm. But I loved this idea of a startup. And so I really dove into it and then came across uh, Savannah Bananas yeah. in 2016. Okay. They had their inaugural year and made a big splash. But they were doing a bunch of crazy wild stuff so had a buddy that worked there so i reached out to him in the uh, in the dms uh, okay as millennials do right that's right and so i asked him was like is this thing true like is it real mm. and he was like oh yeah man just come down come and enjoy a game one time let me know and when you're around and uh, i was like cool like if there's ever an opportunity for me to come and like really even just 
intern or, or do anything. What there. attracted you to the Savannah Bananas? So Jessica was down there. Yeah. Crazy entrepreneur. Yeah. And they were truly like a startup in Savannah. Yeah. Savannah was a weekend trip for my family. Yeah. Went there on school trips. And like, I just, I love, I love the historic feel of Savannah. It's a coastal town, still close to my house. So it was real, like, it was easy to get to went there a lot, right? Yeah. And so uh, I saw the Savannah Bananas. They were just a startup. They were doing new, innovative things that yeah. startups do, right? Outside of just a classic baseball game. Yeah. They were throwing banana bananas. So uh, what time did you, when did you come on to the team? Like, was it at the very beginning or kind so of like? So it was in 2017 okay. when I reached out okay. and said, hey, if there's any opportunity, he said, you know what? Actually, there's something coming up. You may want to check it out. I applied for it, interviewed in 2017, got on the team as an intern in 2018. Okay. That was my first season. That's uh, So at that time, because I, I recently went to my first game and mind blown, but I'm sure it didn't start out like that. At the time that you had joined, was, were the stands already filled? Like, what was the vibe like back when in the I day? When I first got there, they were selling out weekends. Okay. And then uh, that following season, we actually, that was the first season that we sold out the complete season. Uh-huh. And that was regular traditional baseball. We were in the CPL League. Sure. And so I got to witness it from the very beginning. The vision, the vision with the Bananas has always been the same. Sure. The vision has always been be fans first and entertain always. Sure. And so it's unlimited hot dogs with your ticket. It's gotcha. unlimited entertainment. Got gotcha. you. It's, it's an all-inclusive uh, idea inside of this ticket. Sure. And so that's where it started. Yeah. And then as I got on, I got on, I got in the doors with uh, the ticket team, quickly transitioned into finance because that was my background. Uh, there was a need for that. The team was, was 2X in every year. Love that. So since, since uh, like 2019, I was in the finance department as a one-man band and watched this thing 2X every year after that. Yeah. How were you able to manage everything? You know, because like you were brought into it uh, kind of like very startup-like. And you said that you were, one, like you were by yourself. Did you have a team behind right. you at all? Right. So there's a bunch of help, right? Everyone in the everyone in the office wore a bunch of different hats. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, it was, hey, like, this is a bootstrap thing. We're going to get it done as, as, as efficiently as we can, but also, like, as bootstrapped as we can. Mm-hmm. And so I got to be honest, a lot of it was figuring it out. Yeah. We wrote a lot of policies ourselves. We, we, like, experimented like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, every, there was one season back in, uh, like, during the COVID times where we were doing one experiment, like, new thing. Every, every single week. And so I think through that experimentation and uh, obviously just a collaborative teamwork effort, mm-hmm. we were able to accomplish a lot of great yeah. things. Yeah. But there was still something that was missing in your life, right? Mm-hmm. So, so right. you you uh, still wanted to kind of like pursue your own business. Right. Exactly. And so walk me through kind of like, because, you know, being a part of the Savannah, Savannah Bananas, that's huge. But what made you kind of like continue to pursue something different? So I think there's always been a dream of mine, even when I was in high school, right, to to have the flexibility, the freedom. And when I say freedom, I mean not just through money, but like through time freedom. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to go to a coffee shop whenever I wanted to. Okay. I wanted to be able to you know, go on vacation whenever I wanted to. And I wanted to be really with my family whenever I wanted to and not have to be on someone else's time mm. or helping someone else live their dream. Like mm-hmm. I had my own destiny that I wanted to pave out, right? Understood. And so in the beginning, I, you know, I had my, my intentions of, of coming, learning, and, and uh, really soaking up as much as I could. Mm-hmm. But with the ultimate goal of I'm going to go and do my own thing. Gotcha. So, they're always on board with that. 
And so it was a they perfect, supported a, you 100 percent. So sometimes, you know, businesses feel threatened by that. Right. Because right. some of the I would say some of the brightest are your entrepreneurs that come in through your organization that want to go out and achieve more. Um, but they're fearful of that because they say, OK, well, you're learning all my know how right. and then you're taking all my knowledge and then, you know, going well away. But like with the Savannah Bananas, it seems as if they were very supportive, like through every single step. And that's what's so cool about the team is they were just they're so open minded mm. and they'll share any anything that you want to learn mm. but in the end it's up to you to really take that information and run with it sure right like you can give away all the free information that you want but unless you actually take it and execute on it then it means nothing right what was the biggest thing that you learned at the savannah bananas biggest thing is to create fans mm. it, with with intention right the the money is a byproduct everything will take care of itself even if it's in a pinch but if you take care of people first mm then it all comes back around. Gotcha. Right? And that's, I think that's the biggest thing. They, they always harp on, we do this for the fans. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing I can take away from that is if I can pour into other people, pour into startups, then I know it'll come back around. Love that. Yeah. So now uh, you're kind of like, you know, in, in the, in the uh, mode of I want to pursue uh, something else. At what point did you make that leap of faith and to say, hey, look, I'm leaving kind of like the security of you know uh, an organization and going off on my own, right? So, at UGA we did this uh, bootstrap or uh, boot camp accelerator, and we're in week four of six, and we had to come up with a business plan. We had no idea. We're a bunch of college kids selling T-shirts and hats, right? We had no idea what we were doing. And so what we did was, I mean, what any other kid does is go to the, the Google machine, right, and pump out what this thing should yeah. look like. And we put some things together, and uh, it wasn't the prettiest thing ever, but they let us through, and then we pitched this room full of business owners and, like, Shark Tank style. Okay. Uh, and pitched this business in front of, of uh, like, eight Judges. What was the business? It was it was a t-shirt and hat business. Uh huh. Was and it? What was the brand? Was there, is it there was Southern name? Cotton Apparel. Southern Cotton Apparel. We were actually in eight retail stores. It I was love actually, that. Yeah, a lot of them. Some of them actually here in Statesboro. So I, oh, yeah. my, my roots are, are rooted in from <laughs> from the beginning. That was that was love our that. early college uh, pursuit, right? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, after we got through that experience, um, I think reality hits a little bit when you have to graduate, and you're like, you know what? I don't think we can get by with just T-shirts and hats. Sure. And so we kind of set that aside, and uh, that's when I would join the the bananas. Anyways, while I was there, I uh, got onto some freelance platforms where people were asking for help. Okay. Writing these business plans. This like, was I'm in like, college oh still. Gosh, this is still in college. Okay. And I'm like, you know what? I can probably help some people figure out how to write a business plan. I went through the same pain. Like it's, it was a lot of work. It was hours and hours of pouring into this thing, and. Um, it was a lot of like trial by fire, um, but eventually I figured out like, hey, with any startup, if you want to get SBA funding, mm -hmm. if you want to get traditional bank funding, or mm -hmm. if you want to go pitch to investors, you've got to have a business plan. Yes. It's got to have your roadmap. It's got to have your financial, your five-year forecast. Mm -hmm. And I got to be honest, the business plans I've written for these entrepreneurs, they're really good at a product. But they're terrible about creating where the roadmap is. Sure. Right. And so I was able to really find some satisfaction in helping those business owners really get to that end goal, which whether it's, you know, traditional bank funding uh -huh. to uh, start up a new location, brick and mortar, or if it's a new cannabis business out in the West Coast where uh -huh. they're buying millions and millions of acres to, you know, farm this land to develop cannabis. Um, I mean, 
the industries that I've helped is like all over the place. Sure. But I think in the end, it's really cool and satisfying to be able to really be a catalyst for their startups to uh, really be successful and drive and create this roadmap for them. So a bit of awkwardness here, and I'm just going to yeah. be completely honest. Uh, as an entrepreneur, um, I spend time in fleshing out the idea, but I mm -hmm. never formula, formally write a business plan. Why? I mean, obviously, you, you said it earlier, business plans are vital for securing the loans, right? And because I'm, I, the approach that I take, I usually self-fund. Mm -hmm. Outside of funding, what are the other benefits of a business plan? These are these are your goals. Yeah. This is your accountability. Mm -hmm. If this is your roadmap and you're saying, you know, you set uh, three or four milestones in years two, three, and four, if you're off target, you can pull this thing back up and say, okay, if you're stuck in a rut, let me pull this thing back up. Let me remind myself, what is my vision? What is my marketing plan? Where am I? Where where's my team going to be in three years? Am I on track or am mm -hmm. I off track? And it's really an accountability partner. Understood. This whole document is really saying, okay, my fifth year ambitious goal is to sell for five million dollars. Gotcha. If you're in year three, how close are you? Gotcha. Are you still making that same traction? Yeah. So I think I think for it's just like a gym partner, right? You need accountability. Accountability. Partner. Yeah. Exactly. Love it. Love it. So uh, you you start helping people write these business plans and you know I, I guess you're talking to a ton of entrepreneurs at this time um is this still happening while you are at the savannah bananas or are you kind of like juggling both or what's going on here it's juggling both okay and and in the later years when i was there it was a lot of you know five o'clock wake <laughs> up in the morning work until you know 5 30 after a good nice cup of joe of course yeah from yeah. 5 30 until you know eight o'clock and then go into work and then with the bananas a game's a long time right? yeah it I is mean, we're there 9 a.m until midnight mm -hmm. and then you know maybe it's the next day getting back up at 5 a.m if it's not a game day then it's coming home six o'clock until 9 p.m mm -hmm. and it's a lot of it's a lot of uh it's a lot time of hours management. on top of the nine to five job yeah exactly how many hours were you putting in at both would you say oh my gosh it was a 40-hour work week at the with bananas, the bananas. Uh -huh. it was a 40-hour work week with trying to build my own business mm -hmm. like it was it, it was a lot mm -hmm. and um i gotta be honest there's a lot of sacrifices that i had to make a lot of time um but i think now that i'm full-time with myself it's like I wouldn't change anything about it. Yeah. Let's talk about that. You mentioned sacrifice. What do you think that you had to give up? I got to be honest. If it wasn't for my wife also being an entrepreneur, mm. that would have been the biggest sacrifice. But she was always she's always been my, my partner. She's she's the one that brings me back down when I, I throw out these crazy ideas. It's like, well, maybe maybe think through some of this. Okay. Look at your business plan. Um, and then honestly, like, you know, weekends is tough. Yeah. You, know, you give up a lot of weekends hanging out with friends. Um, you, you give up. Uh, I, I was a big sports guy. You know, I love playing sports. And I mean, you give up a lot of that stuff. Um, now, I, we still set aside some block of time for like date nights. And of course. I still signed up for the adult softball league. Okay. So like I still I still scratch some of those itches, but I mean, it was tough. I mean, you, you're giving up a lot of things that you'd normally want to do. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want something bad enough, like you'll find a way. Yeah. So what is ultimately like the dream for you? Ultimately, the dream for me is to be able to pave a way for my kids. I want mm. to build this, you know, this dynasty so that when my kids grow up, they don't have to go through all these like 
sacrifices that yeah. I had to go through. I can I can really teach them and provide this foundation for them to really like live out whatever dream it is. And if it's not entrepreneurship, it's gonna break my heart, but like so <laughs> so be it. But you know, hopefully this thing can fund whatever their ambitions are. Because I mean, to be honest with you, growing up in a small town is tough. You're very limited in resources and I wanna make sure that my kids have the most resources that they can have. That's awesome. And so I think in the end it's gonna be, you know, what can I do to give back to the people that help me? And what can I do to set my family up for success? That's amazing. So tell me a little bit about kind of like Powell Financial Group and the services that you provide. So mm-hmm. obviously you mentioned business plan is obviously at the core because you've been yeah. doing it for so long. Right. What other services do you offer? It's great because we, we started out by writing these business plans mm-hmm. and, you know, they would take two weeks at a time. And so I, I was listening to these podcasts and, and I forget exactly which podcast it was, but they, they really harped on like this feast and famine idea. And it really clicked with me and it, and it settled with me because what was happening in my business was we would offload this big project and we were eating feast, right? And then maybe a week later, it's like famine because I'm trying yeah. to get through the next two weeks. And so it kind of hit me over the head whenever one of the startups said, hey, can you actually like help us continue uh, guiding us through this financial journey with these investors. Mm-hmm. And so my one of my uh, plans actually got funded yeah. with investors for mm-hmm. a lot of money. Yeah. And so now they needed like a lot of help. And sure. so I was like, oh my gosh, like, of course, let me, let me look and see exactly how I can help uh, you by doing the same thing that I was doing with the bananas, right? Yeah. So I took that and I said, well, if I can help them grow 2x, why can't I help someone else grow 2x? Mm-hmm. So then became this idea of like a fractional CFO because they're a startup. They can't afford this 250,000 you know, right. gray-haired old guy um, to come in and help them run their finance department. But they can hire a fractional guy yeah. that can show them the roads and, and set that foundation for them so that they have a good runway. And then they have a mediator between these investors that are throwing so much money and putting so much pressure on them yeah. where – they're just good at the product. Sure. They want to spend time on focusing on, on developing the product. Mm-hmm. And I can come in as a fractional CFO and I can handle their bookkeeping. I can handle their controller services. And then I can really be this fractional forward looking CFO to help them create that roadmap and mm-hmm. keep them on track to that five year forecast that we just built. Yeah. Right? And so what I realized is CPA firms, they want to do your bookkeeping. And they want to do your tax at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And if that's what CPAs want to do, that's fine. But I want it to be more engaging, more hands-on. Because the CPAs that I talk to, they're, they notice that these guys need more help. They need help building budgets. They need help reconciling on a day-to-day, weekly um, standpoint. Because when you're a startup, like you have to be looking at your finances that are caught up today. Not at the end of the month when the CPA firm can finally get around to it mm-hmm. and two weeks back because they're backloaded on filing taxes, right? That's right. So that's what I'm really taking on. I want to I create this new image of a, a fractional CFO because I do believe that's the future for startups. I really feel like that's the most value that they can have so that they can focus on the product. Yeah. I think that's interesting because entrepreneurship, oftentimes they focus so much on the product itself, but they're not looking at the finances. How important is it for a startup or a business even to be looking over their finances? Here's the thing. If you're out of money, right, a true entrepreneur is going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. No doubt. But what are they going to sacrifice on their main product to try and figure it out? Mm. Right. And if I can tell you, hey, in seven months, we're going to run out of money. We can start making those pivots now. 
so that when we get to seven months, we're not scrambling everyone trying to figure out, oh my gosh, am I going to have, am I going to have to skip payroll next month? Mm. Am I going to have to start making my own sacrifices, right? Because the cool thing about being an entrepreneur is that you're creating your own income mm. and you want to be able to reap the, the fruit from that, right? Yeah. And so what you don't want to worry about is, okay, now we're looking at the month in and, and we're out of money or, or we see that something's off and I can't figure it out. Sure. And now you're, you're too, you're too focused on the finances and now your focus is off the product. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they really do live in harmony. And I gotta be honest, like some people just don't like crunching numbers, mm. which is fine. Yeah. I enjoy it. I, I can, <laughs> I can see a story inside of this thing, right? Yeah. I can, I can really project and see, Hey, if we get this influx of cash from an investor, that five-year roadmap now becomes a two-year roadmap, if not a one-year roadmap. Mm-hmm. And that dream that you had in year five is now in year two. Yeah. So now what's the next five years look like? Yeah. And I can help really look forward with that you know, CEO or business owner and say, hey, with, with this, how are we going to create uh, you know, maybe new, new revenue streams? How are we going to uh, help the bottom line? I mean, you name it. The priorities are all over the place. That's up to the business owner. But it's really my job to make sure that everything's on track and that we're, we're moving forward and there's no hiccup and there's no hurdles that we have to face when it comes to finances. Um, the types of businesses that you work with, you like with your services, like what kind? Do you, do you do real estate? Like, is there a specific arena that you play in? It's it's funny. There, I have a, a construction client. I've got a, um, a software as a service client. Mm. I've got um, a software client. I've got a manufacturing client down uh-huh. in Florida. It's all over the place, right? But in the end, it's it's all the same. You have to have a roadmap. You have to have your finances tight and orderly, right? Because the last thing you want is in, you know, year five, IRS come knock on your door and say, "That's right." Hey, let's go look back, you know, three <laughs> years and see what's going on. That's right. And they go and they pull out a notebook, right? And and so, it, it in the end, it's my job to one align with their vision, mm-hmm. the entrepreneur's vision, to make sure that we're I'm giving the most. Uh, up-to-date information so that the CEO and the business owner can make an informed decision and it's not a gut decision. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's change directions for a little bit. I I think, you know, something that a lot of the audience might be looking for is, well, how do I start out writing a business plan? Like, can you give us some tips about how to even begin? Absolutely. I mean, I think with a with a good entrepreneur, you're going to find a few things. You're going to find market opportunity and you're going to find friction points. So, I would challenge anyone that wants to become an entrepreneur to really write down three to five friction points in anything you do about your day-to-day life. If it's, you know, waking up and, and the cure takes 30 seconds and I wish it took 10 because I have a meeting in five minutes and an entrepreneur is always on the hustle, right? Sure. Or it's, you know, I want to figure out how to uh, uh, see how, how long it's going to take for me to go to the McDonald's drive through here in Statesboro, gotcha. right? Because I got to get, I got a 2.30 call. I got to get back on the road. And I haven't had lunch yet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I think it's challenging yourself to really find those friction points because that's what we do as entrepreneurs, right? We solve things. That's right. And we're, 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 we're solutions to real world problems. That's right. So, um, you know, it, you have to be intentional about it. You can't just say it and not do it. I ran across too many, uh, too many people with ambitious dreams and it just, it stops there. It stops with a dream. Yeah. And, you know, you have to take a little bit of risk and there's a lot of, sacrifice that you do have to make. Um, you know, I would be crazy if I told you that I could just quit my nine to five and start from scratch today. Mm. You know what I mean? I had to build this thing up alongside my nine to five, fund a lot of it too, actually. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things you have to sacrifice. I mean, 
you can't you can't go and buy the new truck like you can't go buy a mm. mansion you, you know there's a lot of things that you have to really uh set aside it's delayed gratification and so that's that's my challenge write down three to five things a day friction points that you see in your day-to-day life and see how can you go and solve those things mm-hmm. because i got to be honest anyone can go and and start you know a pressure washing business and compete with a thousand other pressure washing businesses because you saw it on youtube right? That's right but those guys on youtube they're showing you how to do businesses that everyone else can start and it's and it's so entrepreneur focused yeah. how can you create a business yeah how can you go on vacation to jacksonville beach for a week and know that your business is running itself and i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna step on some toes here sure right but as a uh, real estate agent why can't you go out of town on the weekend and enjoy your life mm-hmm. and let the business run itself? You know what I mean? You well, can't. I think a lot, like I've actually just had this conversation today. I think a lot of people uh, start a business, but what really they're starting is a job that they own, right? Mm-hmm. And that job basically will hold them there and then they will work through mm-hmm. like everything. They're not creating the systems, processes. Uh, they're not looking at their financials to figure out how they can release themselves and have a actual business instead of a job. Absolutely. I read a book, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, yep. Robert Kiyosaki, and he talks about the cash flow quadrant. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, you know, a true business is one that you can. You can go out on a week, your your systems, like you were talking about, the systems and the processes and the people are in place to make sure that that thing is like that wheel is still turning mm-hmm. and that 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 thing is still moving down the field and it's it's not oh well i am you know on labor day weekend i'm grilling and i have to take three phone calls yeah you know what i mean like i think i think the cool thing about entrepreneurship is that you can you can pave your own life and if you want to go to you know to the mountains in a weekend and just unplug you should be able to do that. Like you, mm-hmm. you've put in the hours and you've put in the work to be able to do that. Like yeah. you, sh- you should definitely enjoy being an entrepreneur, but at a sacrifice. That's right. Love that. Uh, are you taking on new clients now? Absolutely. I've yeah. got I've got one more that I'm going to take on uh-huh. on the fractional CFO front mm-hmm. before I have to start expanding my team. Yeah. And How big is your team? So right now I've got a writer. Okay. I've got an analyst, and I just brought on a bookkeeper. Okay. So we're a team of three right now. We're a bunch of knuckleheads that uh, <laughs> we're we're just tackling these projects one by one and helping me through my ongoing clients. Right. Yeah. Um, but essentially, what I want to do is is continue to build those processes and put those people in place so that I can serve more clients. And so we're definitely taking on more right now. And uh, alongside hiring, we don't want to hire too fast because we know what growing too fast can do. Sure. But um, those those things are definitely in the pipeline. How do uh, people get in contact with you? Right now, it's the website, powellfinancegroup.com. It's a creative name, by the way. I, like my, my <laughs> wife tells me all the time, I create the, the most creative business names ever. <laughs> Um, so it's Powell, it's powellfinance.com. Okay. Um, and then, you know, there's a million contact me and I want to get on the phone with you because I want to really walk through what you're doing. I want to get to know you first. Yeah. I don't want to just take on some guy that's going to want to, you know, just throw money at something and hope someone can figure it out. I want someone that's involved and someone that um, if I need to mentor along the way, I can do that. Yeah. So I, mean, I definitely wanted that as well when I was young. That's right. Up, right. That's right. Well, I have to thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Is there anything that you'd like to leave the audience with? You know, I, I would tell people, whatever whatever that dream is, just understand that there really is a lot of work to get there. And it's okay. 
if you make those sacrifices now, it's a delayed gratif- uh, satisfaction, right? And the the rewards are only as much as you put into it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're nine to five, you can do whatever you need to do to get by. And that's fine. That's what you want to do. Go for it. But if you if you want the nice cars, if you want to get into real estate, and if you want to see the things and pave your own way, you've got to make those sacrifices. Love that. Thank you so much for your time. Welcome to the show. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch shortly. Thanks so much. Cool. It was a pleasure.